Welcome to the Performance Plastics Podcast, hosted by IAPD, the only podcast dedicated to providing you information and insights into the world of engineering-grade plastics and how they benefit society by improving the quality of everyday life. Now, here's your host, Kylie Canty. Today's podcast is an introduction to IAPD's new vice president, Peter Delgado. A member of the Kerbel Plastics team since college, Peter has held nearly every customer-facing position in the company, including roles in inside and outside sales, as well as various management positions in sales and business development. With more than 30 years of experience in the business, Peter brings an extraordinary degree of insight to his position as the Senior Director of Sales and Customer Service for Kerbel Plastics, where he focuses on company-wide strategies to improve the buying experience for customers. Peter is a nationally recognized leader in the performance plastics industry. In 2018, the IAPD awarded Peter with its Pace Setter Award, recognizing his extraordinary impact on the association's growing membership and prominence in the performance plastics industry. As chair of the IAPD membership committee, he leads the association's efforts to recruit and retain member companies that demonstrate exceptional stewardship of the supply chain. He's also served the association as a member of its board of directors, played a key role in several working committees and task forces, and presented on numerous topics to the IEPD membership. Please enjoy this conversation with IEPD Vice President Peter Delgado. Okay, hello, Peter. How are you today? Hi, Kylie. Doing great today. How are you? I'm doing really well. Thank you so much for asking and thank you for um, coming on here and doing this with us and introducing yourself as the new IAPD vice president. Um, so I'm just going to ask you a couple of interview questions so that everybody can get to know you a little bit better. Um, but why don't you start out with just telling me a little bit about yourself and where you grew up and where you came from? Yeah. Okay. Um, so I, uh, I grew up in Utica, New York, like right in the middle of New York state. Um, and, uh, I went to, you know, kind of went to school, uh, I, you know, my college experience, I changed my mind a bunch of times on what I wanted to do. So, uh, I went to school at a different, few different places and ended up graduating, uh, from Syracuse university. So I have a, I have a number of degrees. I have two associates and a dual major bachelor's and, you know, didn't know what I wanted to do and all that stuff. But, uh, and uh, so New York, uh, you know, central New York grew up in a tr really traditional old school Italian family, like work ethic, honesty, integrity, and that type of stuff. I learned that from my parents and trying to instill or use that throughout my career and family life and everything like that. So That's incredible. I feel like as, you know, somebody who <clears throat> grew up in a very like education focused family. I couldn't imagine going to several different colleges and, you know, I feel like that's what the whole point of college is, is to go and explore what you want to do. But from such a young age, it was like nailed into me, like you have to do this, but to explore and get different types of degrees, that sounds like a really interesting path to take. <laughs> well, yeah. And it's interesting because when I, when I was in high school, I, people that know me, they're always shocked when they hear this, uh, but I was like uh, salutatorian in my high school class. I was like super smart. 
Uh, and I guess I'm not anymore. I don't know. That's why I, I, people, I don't know what happened. I was going to say, I don't think people are surprised to hear that, but. No, but, um, but I was really good in math and science. So of course my dad, my guidance counselor, you need to be an engineer, right? So that's what, you know, and my dad went down like at the time, the list of like how much engineers make. And he's like, you should be a chemical engineer. And I had no idea what I wanted to do. So uh, I started out at Rensselaer Polytechnic Institute, RPI in Troy, New York uh, in chemical engineering and hated it. Like, I'm like, I could not be a chemical engineer, but I, I kind of like chemistry. So uh, I went to community college and I just got a two-year chemistry degree in, in one year there, finished an associate chemistry. Uh, I got involved in promoting concerts and, and student government and the radio station and all this stuff at this community college. So I'm like, I'm going to stay here because I'm enjoying this. And I switched over to uh, like general business courses and talked to Syracuse University and said, I want to come in and I want to be able to do this in a couple of years. What do I need? So they helped me like what I needed to take there. And then I ended up at Syracuse and switched into marketing and management information systems, which I don't even know if that's a major anymore, but it kind of combines at the time uh, computers with applying them to business, which at, you know, after I graduated, I'm like, I'll never use that. And now it was like super helpful, like in my career path after. So that's my strange college, you know, six years of college story. And, um, and then I graduated with like all these degrees and started selling copiers. And like my parents were like, what? Like all, all this school and all this, you're copier salesman. But I had a roommate that was doing it and making some money. So uh, I started selling copiers for, I did it for, two or three months. And I'm like, yeah. and I started right out of school, like the week after I graduated. So I started interviewing and looking at different things. And I was intrigued by um, um, Carmel because I, I didn't know much about it. I, it was a recruiter found me and uh, I liked that it was like plastics and technical and I could relate to that part of it, but it was still a sales job, which I thought that's what I kind of want to do. So that was how I landed in industrial plastics or performance plastics. Happenstance. Well, when you're talking about your college, it sounds like you actually named every single major that exists <laughs> for what you studied. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I'm, I'm interested to hear a little bit more about your concert promotion and your radio. Um, it just is so different from what you do now, or are there some parallels that you see that are similar and kind of explain to me what your role in that was? Yeah, that's um, so in, in college, I just did, I just got involved in, uh, well, the college radio piece, I just got involved in a radio station and uh, I did that for, I did that there. And then I, um, that came back later in life when I was here in Cincinnati back in uh, 1990. Five. Um, shortly after, I'm, I'm an old dead. I'm a deadhead, a Grateful Dead head from way back when. So um, they, the local college radio station here, after Jerry Garcia died, wanted to start this like Grateful Dead show. And somebody who knew them, who knew me, said, "Oh, you got to talk to this guy." So I ended up doing a radio show on Saturday nights with a couple other people. We would like rotate for about 15 years, and that was really fun. And it was vol total volunteer, just. Kind of a fun thing, Saturday nights playing whatever I wanted to. Uh, so that was the radio part. So I always, Keith Hechtel made a joke at the leadership, uh, so the leadership conference recently about, he tells people when they present, just be yourself. Don't use your radio voice. Unless you're Peter Delgado, you can use your radio voice. You know? so, 
But your variety of voice is your voice. <laughs> it is it. It just gets is my voice. So, and the concert thing, I've always been a music person forever. And I got involved at RPI actually just happened to, I joined the concert board and promoted some concerts and really liked it. So I went, when I went to the community college in Utica, uh, I actually I had an advisor there who was kind of into it and we got our concert board going and actually promoted some really great bands for a small school. We were able to get some great, uh, great concerts um, back then. And this was like early eighties. So uh, bands like Asia, Peter Gabriel, the B-52s and, you know, bands like that. So we promoted a lot of concerts and I kind of stayed in that. I actually did it after I left there and worked for a promoter like part-time and almost went into that industry. I got a job offer in New York city to work for premier talent and said, no, it's not. It's too much of a rat race. And yeah, <laughs> I ended up in plastics. But um, yeah, so I did that and, and promoted concerts. So that's kind of like it's my hobby still. I go see a lot of live music. I know a lot of people in the industry and stuff like that. So it's fun. That is so fun. I love that how you turned your love for music into like a fun volunteer activity. But also, I feel like doing something like radio or having a hobby that you know isn't so because if you if you've always been really math and science technical and having like a more social hobby kind of helps you especially in like a sales role because it helps you kind of have to break out of your shell or if you're interviewing somebody that you're not really used to talking to or don't really know too much you know of, of their world it kind of forces you to know a little bit more <laughs> yeah so you mentioned that you saw you talked to a recruiter or you saw what Kerbel was doing and you were interested in that. Can you tell me a little bit about, you know, that process of were you approached by a recruiter or did you just see a job application? Like, how did you even hear about Kerbel? Yeah, it was it was uh, I'm trying to think I saw there might have been an ad. It's been so long, but there was I was working through I had like a recruiter. And I think Corbell had a recruiter or something. Maybe they connected or whatever, but I got teed up with Corbell. I had, it was funny because I, I interviewed with five companies in this one month period. I took kind of a month off because I never took any time off after school. So I stopped selling copiers. I'm like, I'm just going <laughs> to no find a different <laughs> job. And, and I, it, the five companies were all very different things. Um, and I actually got four job offers in. And Kerbel was the second lowest job offer of the four job offers. But I really, really liked um, kind of like, I don't know, I just liked what I was going to be doing. And it wasn't like they were like very different in money, but enough that I thought, you know, well, I hope I'm gambling. And, you know, and I got into something that I just really enjoyed and was able to apply. I kind of like science background, you know, chemistry background, engineering background to, um, to sales and it really helped me a lot. That's amazing. Um, for somebody who doesn't really know, perhaps like kind of reaching to our, our younger crowd, when you explain to somebody what you do, like, oh, I work for Kerbel. Okay, what's Kerbel? How do you kind of explain the performance plastics world to somebody that maybe you just met and they have no idea what performance plastics is? Yeah, I always tell people and I do this a lot because I do a lot of, you know, interviewing and recruiting within our company and, 
you know, or even if I talk to people like friends or whatever, like, what do you, what do you guys do? And the first thing I do is I tell them, everybody's seen that TV show, how it's made. I think almost everybody's seen it. And I'm like, when you're in sales in this industry, especially like outside sales, it's like, it's like being on the TV show, how it's made, you see every kind of industry. And that really intrigues people, yeah. because, you know, and I, I'll, I'll walk through and tell them like all the different types of things. Like I've, you know, seen everything from, you know, airplanes to cars to being made to chickens being processed to, you know, semiconductors and everything in between. So you talk about that and it's like, wow, you know, that's really interesting. So I think that's a big part of it uh, is that it's a really interesting industry and we deal with so many different industries and how plastics is used in, in all of those. So that's kind of like, that's, that's the tee up, I guess. When I talk to people about, you know, about Kerbel or about the plastics industry in general, you know, I always talk about performance plastics and we went through a period, I went through a period and I know like IPD did everything of like, oh, it's like, oh, how do I tell somebody I work in plastics, you know? And, and, uh, but I, I think it's the same thing of talking about that plastics are just, you know, they're used everywhere. And if you get away from the single use plastics and that type of stuff that, you know, performance plastics, and, and I'll just explain like some of the things that are, they're used in, in, in every day. And that really helps people too, to kind of see like, oh, there's this, you know, it's not this bad industry. Cause especially with the younger people now coming out, they're just, you know, it's been beat into them how bad plastics are. So uh, getting over totally. that. Yeah. I'm going to totally steal that how it's made example, because I think that is genius because it's so visual and everybody's seen that show and I'm pretty sure everybody loves it, <laughs> but yeah, to explain like the little yeah. parts and even like the machines that are doing that have plastic in them. So that is, yeah. that is the best way. <laughs> so it's, really cool. and it's not even just for the plastics. It's just for the experience of how, our industry, when you look at all of our, all of our like distributors, like Corbell and all of our manufacturers, uh, everybody right, right up and down the line, we deal with so many different uh, types of industry. And that's what keeps it really, I think really interesting because there's so many, I don't know, so many jobs where you just do like one thing and you deal with, you know, one type of industry or whatever. And I, I don't know, I just, I couldn't do that. I would get too bored. Yeah. It's incredible. And you're right. Like there's, there are some jobs that are really focused in on one, but the, the industry, and that's why I think like conventions and leadership development conference, like why they're so important. Cause you meet so many people that are like, Oh no, I do Marine and aerospace and food manufacturing, or I do, you know, X, Y, Z. And it's like, wait, why did I even know that those existed? Like it opens the door to so many different things. So that's incredible. Um, is there a piece of advice, like if you could go back in time and tell Peter <laughs> when he first started working for Curvel, a piece of advice uh, to begin in the performance plastics industry? Is there anything that you'd you'd say? Yeah, absolutely. And I and I, I think I do this with new like new employees too and stuff. But uh, is to just is to learn, uh, keep an open mind. You don't need to have the answers. Uh, you know, I think asking, asking good, ask good questions, ask why, um, you know, slow down and, and just soak up the information. Because like when you come into a, you know, any company in our industry, 
there's so many people with such good experience and they don't expect you to like know the answers. So often, you know, when, when we get, and I'll try to find this out in interviews on how people like, you can tell sometimes where they, somebody who feels like they need to have the answers or like know it all type thing, they're not going to do as good because you just, you need to be humble. You need to learn from everybody you run across. And I, I think that's the number one piece of advice is, um, is to do that, learn from all the people around you and ask a lot of questions. Yeah, I think that's great. And I'm right there with you. I think asking questions, just staying open to other possibilities and just always being hungry for what, and it's a changing industry. You know, there's so many different things that happen every single year that are advancing us. So it's so important to be able to keep an open mind and be able to learn more. Yeah. Just even looking through our old, um, like intro to plastics manuals, like over the years, it's like, Oh my gosh, like it's growing and growing, and growing. There's so much more to learn. So that's crucial. Yeah. I, when we, when, uh, when they did the generation next, the gen next, um, uh, things where they hosted, um, things for like a week. And I did one of those days and with the group I had there, you know, we talked about just like, like what, what did you do? What made you, you know, what, as you grew in the company, like what made you successful? And, and that was really good. That was, it was good to, to, to listen to, you know, kind of a group of like new people coming in and then just talk to them about like, you know, Hey, just get the experiences. And then the other thing I, I always say is like, once you're there, like once, if you're, if you're in there is raise your hand and volunteer for stuff, like, don't be afraid to like step up because it's, and even if you're not quite sure if you're like, you're the right person or you have the capabilities, like jump in and try it because it just shows that, you know, you want to do stuff, you want to learn, you want to expand. Um, and I think, you know, that's, I did a lot of that early on, like whenever there was something going on, I was volunteering, I'll do it. You know, I didn't even know what I was getting myself into, but, um, <laughs> it got me into, I think my role now, people always ask me like, well, what do you do with Corbell? And I'm like, everything nobody else wants to do. Like, that is my, my first answer. And it's like, you know, I have, uh, my, my title is, you know, director of sales and customer service, but I, I do so many different things involved, you know, like throughout the company. So it's, it's a, a very different kind of role. And I think it's because throughout the years I raised my hand and said, I'll be involved in this. I'll be involved in this. So I learned a lot about our systems and, and it and, you know, how all the different departments work together and training and all that type of stuff. So, um, that's, if you get that well-rounded background, it will really help you. And, and you might go off in a different direction too. You know, you might start out in sales and end up, you know, we have people, really great people within Corbell that started out in sales and are now, you know, our training team and our training manager started out in inside sales and things like that. So, you know, kind of do that, raise your hand, follow the things that excite you uh, when you find something. It sounds like you created your own position. <laughs> like, yeah, I was <laughs> So what position did you start in with Kerbel? Like, can you walk me through what you started out as and then how, how you worked your way up to what you're doing today? Yeah, sure. Um, I was in inside sales and I was in inside sales for like three months and an outside sales position opened up and I did outside sales. And then I, I did that for a little over a year and that was in Syracuse, New York. And then Kerbel was opening a location in Cleveland and uh, so I, they wanted somebody from Corbell. They were, they were, they had a manager from a from another company coming in, but they wanted somebody from Corbell to go. So 
I said, well, okay, I'll go. And, you know, a little bit of it was, you should go. Like, this is a good, you know, <laughs> this be good for you. And I'm like, all right, I'll go. So I moved to Cleveland, didn't know anybody, helped open that branch and get it going. And about a year and a half later, they wanted to open in Cincinnati. And they said, you know, and I was, you know, three, less than three years in the business and went and opened a branch from scratch, uh, which was wow. the best experience like ever. So I was, you know, the, the branch manager, we call it business manager in Cincinnati. And then I kind of jumped around, helped open branches, helped the trouble branch. Like I did a lot of that stuff and um, for about um, six years or so. And then I started uh, covering a region. So I was a regional manager, regional director. And uh, after that, I did, I handled our business development team for a while. Uh, and then that just kind of evolved into this role as, as we change things. And uh, so, and I, I love what I do. I love that. That is so great. And obviously it sounds like a really secure industry and you've been with Kerbel for, you know, years. So it sounds like it's something that not only you can grow through professionally, but also personally, I can imagine. Yeah, it's, um, yeah, I've been there. Yeah, I've been here a long time. It's been, it'll be, <laughs> it'll be 36 years this year. So it's kind of crazy. That's amazing. Fantastic. <laughs> um, so all of this like drive to do more and to ask questions, I'm curious where Peter Delgado finds his inspiration or where you kind of get that drive from or what keeps you going. Yeah, that's, you know, I, I guess I'm just a very self-driven person. Um, I saw a great quote. I actually, I write a, we do a, a sales blog um, every other month where, um, and I just kind of help curate it and we get stuff from different people and it's like a couple of articles and, you know, maybe a quote, it's our sales results, all kinds of stuff. And um, we're just putting it together for, uh, to be released next week. And, and the, the quote that I really liked was it's from, um, it's from a, it's from a book called um, A Touch of Greatness. I can't remember the, I, I, for the life of me right now, I just wrote the guy's name down, but he's not like real, like a very evident name, but A Touch of Greatness. But the quote was, was uh, to paraphrase, was um, like, don't feel like you need to have inspiration because in, uh, inspiration seldom generates action, but action always generates inspiration. And I really enjoyed that because I think sometimes people look for inspiration to get going and sometimes it's just, just do it. And like, if it's like the right thing, you're going on the right path, you'll find inspiration. So, um, mm -hmm. so I guess, you know, that just, you know, I'm just kind of a self driven person. So, uh, uh yeah, well, hope that answers that that's kind of a, that's what it's like, <laughs> well, wow, it makes me think too of like motion creates emotion too. I yeah. know I did a sales position for a while and that was something that they, they told us, like, if you just keep going or, you know, if you do something, then it's going to create something within you that will keep you going, which is basically yeah. a really horrible paraphrase of what you just said. <laughs> no, but it's all, yeah, it's all the same. I think it, I think it very true. I think it to do that. So I think that's for me, I, I don't, you know, I don't need to sit back and say like, okay, I need to get inspired. Like I just, I wake up every morning. I love what I do. I'm kind of a high energy person. And it's just like, it just kind of comes during the day. So. Amazing. Is there anything else that you would want to say to anybody that's listening? Maybe it's a generation next person that is just kind of finding their way through plastics. Anything yeah. you want to promote? <laughs> no, I think, um, you know, if, if, uh, if you're watching, if you, if you're watching this and you're working in one of our IPD companies, just 
like raise your hand, get, you know, put yourself out there, take a chance. Like, I think, you know, this is a great industry. Uh, it's been a, you know, the, the, we have great people and great companies and a lot of longevity in this industry. So, uh, enjoy that. And I, you know, I guess I'll, I'll leave with a, I always, um, one of my favorite quotes, believe it or not, is from a, it's from a, uh, a Grateful Dead song. And it's, uh, once in a while you get shown the light in the strangest of places, if you look at it right. And I think that like, is one of those, like when you say, where do you find inspiration from? I think don't ever assume like, just kind of like every once in a while, you're going to be like, wow, like if I just kind of look at this a different way. Um, so do that and hopefully things will fall in place. Amazing. Thank you so much, Peter, for everything. We really appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you for uh, the opportunity to do this. This podcast was brought to you by the International Association of Plastics Distribution. For more information on IAPD, please visit our website at www.iapd.org.